Welcome to the Retireology Podcast with Cameron Bernetsky and John Williamson, a podcast devoted to getting you to and through retirement. Hello. Hello, John. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? You know, this is our second attempt at this at this podcast, isn't it? Yes. And whose fault is that? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped off. We were we were already in our introduction. You dropped out. But Is... here we are. Yeah, you did. But we'll, we'll figure okay. it out. Okay. Here we are back again. Uh, we're going to talk about Medicare today, which is pretty exciting. Um, to your point, when we were recording earlier, you mentioned that uh, the demand for another podcast has been through the roof. And so we've called our time together and we're going to do it today, aren't we? Yeah, I mean... People keep bugging me. We need more content from you and Cameron. We love you guys. I get it all the time. <laughs> and, if, and if it wasn't enough that it's you and I, today we've invited a guest. And today our guest is Bill Rowe. Hello. Glad to be here. Bill is not only one of the smartest guys in the room, uh, he's also my partner. Uh, he's an uh, investment advisor representative. And he's an insurance broker specialist for Medicare. So I felt like what the perfect person to have on the podcast besides someone who's an expert in this area. Don't you think, John? Yes, I'm, I'm interested to, I'll probably learn quite a bit from Bill. So I'm excited to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, I am too. So uh, when you turn 65, you're eligible for, for Medicare. And if you're already taking Social Security at that point in time, uh, they will send you a Medicare card in the mail about what, Bill, about two to three months before before your 65th birthday? Yeah, three three to four, probably. Three to four months. And it'll be that nice red, white, and blue card that uh, I'm sure everyone's pretty familiar with. And then you got to try and make some decisions uh, on what you're going to do. And if if you aren't taking Social Security at the point at which you turn 65, what are their options then, Bill? Well, they, if, if they want to enroll in Medicare, they're going to need to call Social Security and, and let them know uh, probably about four months before the month that they turn 65 that they want to enroll in Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B um, so that they can have their card and, and make their election choice. Well, and since you brought that up, let's kind of talk about what the different parts are because um, John, Bill likes to say that Medicare... And if I say Medicaid during this podcast, you guys yell at me. I've gotten pretty good at not doing it, but I still do it sometimes. Um, but, but Bill likes to kind of explain traditional Medicare versus um, ad Medicare Advantage as the left side of a piece of paper and the right side of a piece of paper. And so, Bill, you want to kind of talk through what that looks like for you? Sure. So, uh, you know, if you have a piece of paper, draw a line straight down the middle. On the left side, uh, you have original Medicare A, which is your hospitalization coverage, uh, and original Medicare B, which is uh, Medicare medical coverage. Um, and then there's a lot of things that A and B doesn't pay for. For instance, your biggest risk is that Medicare Part B is an 80-20 plan meaning if you had a $100,000 event, Medicare is going to be paying approximately $80,000 and you're going to be responsible for approximately $20,000. Is there any cap on that amount? There's no cap. Eesh. And so the 
on the left side of the line, you would add a Medicare supplement plan that would fill in the gaps of Medicare and, and potentially cover all of those costs except for uh, the Medicare Part B deductible, which this year is $233. And then the next component you'd want to add is a standalone prescription drug plan, Medicare Part D. So on the left side of the line, you have original Medicare A and B, you have your red, white, and blue card, you would have a supplement card, and then you would have a prescription drug drug card. And what what do the supplements look like? I mean, I think that's, you know, you have A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way what, out to N? Correct, yep. And what do those look like? I mean, I, I can post a, a, a chart on the, on the podcast website, but tell us kind of in general, especially the most common ones, which I, I would think would be uh, F and G. Well, well, you know, F has been discontinued for, for new enrollees. Um, uh, G is, to me, that is, that's kind of the go-to plan for most people uh, because it limits their out-of-pocket risk to just the Medicare Part B deductible, which again, this year is $233. Then plan, plan G is going to pay everything else that Medicare doesn't pay, the Part A deductible, Part A coinsurance, Part B coinsurance after the deductibles met, uh, just a whole, whole series of things that, that you can see in the chart there. Now, John, when you talk about Medicare, is this something that is concerning to your clients when they come in the office? Well, I think it's so overwhelming for them, right? I mean, right when they are and they're worried about money and they're thinking about their future, then, you know, you know, even if somebody was very sophisticated in their job, then you have to kind of start educating them on this whole process. And I think for almost everybody, it's a little overwhelming. And it makes them a little nervous to think, wait, what am I going to do? And how do I find out about this? And a lot of time it's just kind of hunting on Google and, you know, so forth. So it's nice to have somebody like Bill to call and go, hey, I've got some specific questions. I mean, everybody's situation is a little different. Well, and I think in our experience, and Bill, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in our experience, it seems like the smarter you are as an individual, the harder this decision is because, I feel like people who are really intelligent think that they should be able to understand this. And the reality is it's, it's a moving target. It's changing all the time. It's something you have to look at every year because just because you were in a good plan this year doesn't mean that same plan with the same name is going to be as good next year. And I think that really, to your point, John, I think that really overwhelms people. I mean, well, it takes them a few weeks, months to figure out, well, you know, when you're retiring, especially when you're getting to that age, you're just trying to figure out your budget. How are you going to look? Maybe you want to move. Maybe you want a second home. Now I got to figure out insurance. <laughs> I mean, I had yeah. insurance. I thought I understand it. Now I'm getting government insurance. Plus, marry the Social Security angle. How much should <laughs> yeah. I take? When should I take it? And so this is just one more thing where you <laughs> can really go back to school. Well, and, and we like to, to explain to people you know, up until this point in time, unless you're running your own business, if you've been working for a company, there's been an HR department that's helped you with your 401k. There's been an HR department that helps you with your with your uh, health insurance and, and life insurance and all these different components. And when you retire, this is now your job. You are now the HR person for your own little company, right? 
And these are part of the things that you have to figure out. And if, and if you can't figure them out, you don't have the time to figure them out. You don't have the interest to figure them out. Then it's probably worth your while to bring on a professional to help you. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think yeah. it's for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill, so we've got tradition on the left side. We got part A that's covering medical. We got part B, part A that's covering hospitalization. We've got part B that's covering your outpatient component. You've got a supplement that's helping offset these costs and you have part D, which is uh, the prescription aspect. That's the left side of the page. So what's the right side? Well, the right side is going to be Medicare Advantage. And so, you know, the cover, you, you're just speaking a few minutes ago about the confusion and, and kind of trying to understand the, the, the differences between the two. And, and and really, I think the key to this is, is understanding the left side of the line and the right side of the line in that you can't, it's very common for people to use terminologies uh, on the, of, and, and interchange them. So they'll, they'll use Medicare supplement in discussing something on the right side of the line. And so that, that if you move to the right side of the line and you join a, a Medicare Advantage plan, you're technically opting out of original Medicare A and B and going into Medicare C. And so now, again, let me catch off for just a second. So traditional Medicare A and B is a fee for service situation, right? In that you go to the doctor, you give them your card and they negotiate with social security on rate. I'm sorry. They negotiate with uh, Medicare on the rates that they're going to be paid. And it's, it's paid fee for the services that you receive. Correct. That's correct. And so how's Medicare advantage now? Well, what Medicare advantage does is if a person signs up with a Medicare advantage company, then uh, in the example I gave before, in the, in the, in the event of a hundred thousand dollar event, Medicare on the left side of the line, Medicare would be paying $80,000. Well, if a person signs up for a Medicare Advantage plan, Medicare would be paying zero. And the insurance company they've signed up for, for a Medicare Advantage plan would be fully responsible for that cost. And in exchange for accepting that risk uh, uh, on behalf of the Medicare beneficiary, the insurance company is going to receive a, a, a monthly or annual amount from Medicare in the amount of roughly $12,000 a year. So for each person that signs up for that Medicare Advantage, uh, Medicare is going to give them that, that company, that insurance company, a lump sum, and they're going to use all that money, they're going to put it into a pool, and then they're going to draw out of that pool to pay individual claims. That's right. Does that, Bill, does that cover the cost, do you think? Are there any reported on that yeah so you know the the companies that do this well are profitable um and they're in addition to covering the the medical benefits they're typically able to provide additional benefits uh that are not included on original medicare such as dental some limited dental vision hearing uh, over-the-counter benefits things like that and there can also be some fringe benefits, can't there, Bill? Because I know a lot of people come through and they talk about uh, being in, enrolled in silver sneakers and that, that some of these plans will pay for that uh, out, of, out of their policy. That's right. Yes. So how, so on the, on the left side of the page, when we had a supplement, we had, you know, A through N and we talked about supplement G. 
it's a little different than different Medicare Advantage providers, right? They're not, it's not apples and apples, right? Those are two different things. Correct. Yeah. So on the Medicare supplement, it's just a, a straight set of whoever, whatever insurance cop offers a, a G option, they have to follow the guidelines. Everything that's covered under G has to be covered regardless of who the insurance policy is held by. On the Medicare Advantage side, it does, you have all kinds of different options depending upon which insurance provider you choose. Correct. Plan, you know, plan G is plan G, right? So if, if company A is offering plan G and company B is offering plan G, they're exactly the same. The only difference is the price and what the price is going to do over time. Uh, but on the right side of the line, um, you know, the companies have, have more leeway in, in how they can build their plan. And, you know, they'll, they will compete with each other to offer uh, additional type benefits, the silver sneakers, the, the limited dental vision hearing type things so that they can attract uh, more, more clients to their plan. Okay. And what's most popular, Bill? I mean, what do you tend to... Medicare Advantage is, is growing. Uh, the current estimates are between 40 and 45% of people are on Medicare Advantage. Uh, and that's, that continues to, to increase as the funding from the government has, has stayed very strong. And that allows the plans to become you know, richer and richer. Uh, and so you got more and more people signing up for those type of plans. Now, the plans that are available are dependent upon where you live, right? So in other words, like the plans available to us in Southern Ohio, uh, and, and we're in Montgomery County or Warren County, those plans are going to be different than what's available out where John, John, what county are you in out there? Pierce County in Washington Pierce. State. And yes. so it, it's different, right? Yes. And so as an example, uh, you mentioned Montgomery County, Ohio, which is where we're at. There are 63 Medicare Advantage plans across 12 insurance companies. So on average, you know, there's about five, five plans per insurance company. Some companies have more, some companies have less. Um, Clinton County, which is 45 minutes to the east of us, only has 46 Medicare Advantage mm -hmm. plans across 11 insurers. Well, Clinton County is a lot more rural than, than Montgomery County. Um, and if you look at Pierce, Washington, there's 53 Medicare Advantage plans across 11 insurers. And then Yakima County, which is just to the south, has 25 Medicare hmm. Advantage plans across only six insurers. So where you live is important to this process of what decision you make. Very much so. The more, the more populous the area you live in, particularly senior population, the more uh, rich the, the Medicare Advantage plans will be and the more options you'll have. Hmm. So what if someone travels a lot? Is there one necessarily, you know, is the left side better than the right side or, you know, does it not matter? Because I know that on a Medicare Advantage plan, if you're, if you're somewhere where there's an emergency, you're going to get taken care of. It's either an HMO or a PPO, provide, a preferred provider organization. But one way or another, we've had it in our own, uh, you know, practice here where someone's been outside of their uh, coverage area, they get coverage for emergencies. That's not a problem. But what if you're down in Florida and you need some more uh, type, you know, continual care? Are, are one of these programs better than another? Well, so typically you would want 
in that scenario, you'd want a Medicare supplement. However, as these plans continue to improve, uh, more and more of them are offering travel type benefits. So some, some plans certainly on the right side of the line, some plans certainly travel better than other plans. But, um, you know, most people that are going to spend considerable time in, in different areas of the country uh, probably are a little safer to go with a supplement type plan. Okay. Bill, do you, do you counsel husband and wives to get basically the same plan or do you ever have, you know, one spouse do one, uh, the line and one do the advantage or? Everybody's different, right? So, so uh, these are individual benefits and, and, um, you know, a lot of times the certain prescriptions that people on will, will drive the decision, whether on the left side of the line or the right side of the line. And then if, if they're on the right side and what actual plan they, they get on either side of the line. So um, generally people like to have the same type of plan, but, but sometimes that just doesn't make financial sense to do. Okay. Well, and we just had a couple in the office the other day and he's looking at getting VA benefits. And so, you know, there are some of these there, I think there were a couple of Medicare Advantage plans we looked at that actually coordinate with VA benefits. And so, you know, there, there are other things that have to come into play. Like it, to your point, Bill, everyone is an individual. Uh, yes, a husband and wife would like to have the same plan, but depending upon who they see, who their doctors are, what prescriptions they're on, it may not always work that way, right? That's right. Yes. Now we haven't really talked about drugs that much or prescription drugs in this, in this, uh, in, in this scenario. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how part D comes into play with traditional Medicare, what those coverage gaps are, and then, and then kind of how you can integrate that into some Medicare Advantage plans. Sure. So, um, you know, the, the prescription drug, uh, plan is, is, has a lot of different moving parts in it. Um, if you're talking about is that you're going to have the deductible phase, you're going to have the initial coverage phase, you're going to have the coverage gap, and then you're going to have the catastrophic phase. So different phases as you, as you move through, uh, the, 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 the plan year. So coming out of the, out of the gate in January, they got to pay $480 out of their pocket up front, correct? That that is the Medicare. That's the Medicare deductible this year. Now, if you're you're the, depending on your plan, you may have to pay, pay that. You they may have uh, arranged the plan so that you technically aren't paying the deductible up front, but they're they're modifying the plan in other areas actuarially uh, to to not have to pay the full 480 out of pocket up front. Okay. Okay. And then after that, you hit the initial coverage stage, which basically as your medica medications cost up to about $4,400, you pay 25% and the plan pays 75% of that medication cost. Is that correct? That's correct. And then for we hit the donut medications, hole. For all medications. Yes, for it's all medications that are prescribed stuff. to you. Is that what you're asking, John? I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, you're confusing us. We, we, John, Bill might be an expert, but you've confused him now. <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, it's, I think it's important because, right, you know, people, depending on their prescriptions, some plans, you know, in their private world, they've all of this drug and 
none of that drug. So it just depends. But so what you're saying is they'll, it's a 75, 25 for every prescription. Yeah. And it, in, um, you know, there's different tiers. So there's, there's tier, tier one through six on different plans. So the higher the tier, the more expensive the prescription. And what you got to keep in mind also is that the $4,430 you're mentioning on the initial coverage phase has to do with the retail cost of the drug. So the retail cost is very different than, than what you may be paying in a copay uh, as you move you know, towards the coverage gap. And the coverage gap is what's called the donut hole, right? And this is where true out-of-pocket expense to whoever the retiree is, is around $7,000. That's how much they pay out of their pocket. Is that correct? Yes, that, that's to get out of the coverage gap, they have to get to where they have $7,050 out of their pocket. And they're still paying 25%, at least in 2022, they're still paying 25% and the plan's paying 75%. Yes. And then once they get out of this donut hole, they hit the catastrophic pay, uh, stage, which is you know basically 5% of costs or you know, a flat fee based on generic or brand name coverage. Right. Medicare is paying the vast majority at that point in the catastrophic phase. So, so if the, you're, so it's, so it's, so it's, so the Medicare plan is designed to help people who are, have really high expensive costs. Uh, if you get into the catastrophic phase, Medicare is covering that for, for those types of individuals. But you could have someone, I mean, we have people like if they're a diabetic or something like that, they can, they can run through some of these costs pretty quickly. Can't they? They can. Yeah. Some of, some of the, uh, injectable insulin type, um, drugs, uh, the specialty ones can be seven or $800 a month retail cost. So if we are on the left side of the line, we're still talking about the left side of traditional Medicare you'd have your red, white, and blue card for your part A, part B. You'd have another card for your medical uh, Medicare supplement. And then you're gonna have a third card for your part D prescription coverage, correct? That's right. Now on the right side of the line, you're gonna have a Medicare Advantage. So that's gonna be one card that covers all of your medical needs. And it may cover your drug prescription needs also, or you might have a secondary card for drug coverage. Is that correct? Technically, yes. However, most of the time, you're going to have one card that covers everything. So one card on the Medicare Advantage side covers yes. everything. Yes. What percentage of your clients are Medicare Advantage versus traditional? Approximately 75% Medicare Advantage. And I think, you know, I think we see that more and more, like you were saying that Medicare Advantage is getting more popular. And I think, I think we certainly see it more often that people come in kind of curious about the Medicare Advantage more so than traditional Medicare, but they both serve a purpose and there's a, there's a place for both of them. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yes. Depending on travel, uh, other healthcare considerations, um, you know, it's very individualized. And so we, we sit down with clients and have this conversation of for your situation, do you think you should be on the left side of the line and have a supplement? And what are the implications of that and, and a standalone drug plan and the right side of the line of uh, 
you know, a Medicare Advantage plan and, and which, which specific plan? Now, I think one of the things that, I don't know that it's necessarily surprises clients when they come in, but one of the things that sometimes can give clients a lot of angst is the fact that they're not fully engaged with the uh, income requirements and how that there can be a premium increase based on their income uh, level. And what's even more challenging for that is we're sitting here in 2022 and to figure out if you're going to have to pay an additional premium over the standard uh, Part B insurance monthly cost, which in 2022 is $170.10. The uh, Medicare administration is going to go back two years. They're going to look at your income at 2020 and they're going to figure out what your modified adjusted gross income is two years ago when you were still working and they're going to, they could levy a additional premium on you because of that income two years ago. Is that right, Bill? That's right. That's called the IRMA, I-R-M-A-A. It's an income related monthly adjustment amount. Uh, and based on your, like you said, two years ago income. And how much can that add onto your premium each, each person? So you have a couple, one person, how much can that premium be added onto their Part B coverage? So your premium can go from the standard Medicare Part B premium of $170 all the way up to $578.30. And that's per person? Per person. What's so you the can- income limit? What's to reach that 500. Uh, for a joint joint filers would be above 750,000 to get up to 578.30. So that's a big number, right? Uh, it's, it's a big income stream from two years ago. But the reality is we have plenty of clients who were successful in life, uh, saved well, have pension or investment income that's going to serve them well throughout the rest of their lives. And they're going to probably have to pay some sort of additional premium cost for their Medicare for the rest of their lives because it's just, you know, they're not going to get underneath that lowest, uh, that lowest bar. Yeah, there's, there's six different layers. Um, so ranging from 170 up to the 578. And, you know, there's, you know, several in between. And, and some clients are certainly going to be in, in those middle layers for probably the rest of their life. Now, uh, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to kind of draw this too quickly to a close, but there's a couple of other items that I think we probably should talk about. And first and foremost is a penalty. Is there a penalty if they don't sign up for Part B? And when does that penalty come into play? So if a, if a person does not sign up for Medicare Part B when they were first eligible and they did not have other creditable coverage, when they do enroll, they will pay a penalty of 10% for every year that they did not have it. So if a person goes one year, they're gonna pay approximately an additional $17 on top of the $170.10. If you go multiple years, you're gonna be paying you know, 20% or 30%. Um, that doesn't happen very, very often. Although re- recently we did have some clients that got in touch with us in the fall of last year. And the process for them was they had to wait until 
the January through March enrollment period and enroll in Medicare A and B uh, during that period. And then their plan is will start their Medicare Part A and Part B health insurance will start on July the 1st. And one of the places we do see this is uh, in small employers, right? Because um, if you are if you work for a company that employs less than 20 people, Medicare becomes your primary insurance at that company. So what happens is we'll have someone that works for a small company and they, they turn 65 and they're on that small company's insurance plan and the HR person doesn't say anything to them and they think, hey, I'm covered. I have an insurance plan and they just keep going along like they don't need Medicare Part B coverage. But the reality is when they turn 65 and they have less than 20 employees, Medicare at that point became their primary coverage and they should have signed up by their 65th birthday. And every, to your point, every year that they go past that, they're going to pay some sort of penalty. And so that's kind of important to pay attention to for, for people who are at working for a small organization. Bill, when you, do you ever visit with clients who've already been on or have already had a plan to say they're 67s? It's probably still important for them to maybe contact you and discuss kind of what plan they have and just to review it every year, wouldn't you think? For sure. The um, Again, back to the left side of the line, the right side of the line. If you're on the left side of the line, uh, your Medicare supplement plan is, is really not going to change, right? Plan G is plan G. All that's going to change every year is the price. However, if you have a standalone prescription drug plan, uh, you really need to shop that every year. Uh, the plans plans can change significantly from year to year, and and you need you need to shop that to make sure that you're getting the most value for for the plan that you're in. And then on the right side of the line, those plans can change every year. However, those companies tend to uh, try to to maintain their plan, so they're not you know if they if they have a, a lot of people on their plan, they're, they're not wanting to, to rock the boat. They're not wanting to change the plan substantially so that the people will leave. Uh, but there's always new companies coming, coming into, into the market um, and, and somewhat disrupting what other plans are available. So with, whether you're on the left side of the line or the right side of the line, you really need to be shopping, shopping these plans every year. Especially, I suppose, if you move as well, right? Because if you move from Ohio to Washington State, there might be more providers or California or somewhere else, right? So it's definitely more important to look at that and might find something that's more competitive. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's, Bill, let's talk about that real quick about election periods. So, you know, obviously we have an initial election period and that would be when you're coming up on your 65th birthday, right? That can happen anytime throughout the year. Whenever you're coming up on that, you have an initial election period where you get to make your Medicare choices, correct? That's right. Yep. And, and then once you're enrolled, what are your options at that point? Well, the, the, main, the main election period is the annual election period. That's from October 15th through December 7th every year for a January 1st start date. Uh, there are is also an open enrollment period, which is... Uh, January 1st through March 31st for the following month start date. So if you were to, to want to make a change in January and you, you know, initiated that change on January 15th, your new plan would start 
February the 1st. And, mm -hmm. and likewise, if you get initiated in March, it starts in April. So you have the annual election period in the fall. You have the open enrollment period in the first three months of the year. And then there's also special election periods if you have a life event. You move, um, a variety of different things can, can cause that. Yeah. So those are your options. But once you're kind of locked in, you're, you're, you're locked in for at least a little bit of time, at the most a year, before you can, can make some changes on those plans. That's right. Uh, so, Bill, how are you paid? Because, uh, look, we, anyone who's gotten close to 65 knows they're getting a million mailers in the mail every day. Uh, we got Joe Namath or William Shatner telling us which Advantage plan we need to take. Uh, our neighbors are talking about it. The guys at work are talking about it. Our family members are saying which one they're in. But the reality is everybody has to be in the plan that's right for them. And, and how do you, as a, as a professional who's, who's guiding people through these plans, how are you compensated? Sure. Well, the, the insurance company compensates us for placing, placing people in a plan. So if somebody's getting a Medicare supplement and a drug plan, uh, we're receiving commission from each. Uh, and if somebody's getting a Medicare Advantage plan, we're getting paid from the insurance company. But those insurance companies all pay exactly the same, right? I mean, you're not getting paid more to put someone with one plan versus another. It's pretty, I mean, there's a max, but pretty much everyone pays everybody up to that max level. Is that correct? Sure. Medicare, Medicare uh, sets a maximum commission every year. And, and most of those companies are going to pay the maximum commission. And, and so they're all effectively paying this, the same commission, um, you know, and, and so our role is, is more of a consultative situation where we, we talk to people and help them to choose the right plan for them. And we're going to get compensated the same, whether we put it, put them with company A or company B. And if someone doesn't go to an insurance broker specialist for Medicare, they can't save extra money, right? I mean, it's already baked into the products. And so right. you're not going to save yourself any money by not going to talk to someone, correct? That's right. That's correct. So this it's kind of crazy not to, right? Especially, uh, uh, John, as you were saying at the beginning, you know, people are overwhelmed by some of these decisions that they have to make, especially at a point where they're having to pick up responsibility for their 401ks and retirement plans and all this other stuff and develop a retirement income plan. This is a free opportunity for someone to get help. And it seems kind of crazy to me that people wouldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take advantage of the resources that you've got and go see a professional because they can really tailor make a suit for you. Yeah, exactly. You want to just, this isn't one of those decisions you want to just guess. I don't know. Let's pick <laughs> C or L or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good option for people. Um, we do have, and, and John, I don't mean to take away from you, but Bill does have a, a website. Uh, it is covenantmedicare.com. Uh, it has basic information in there. And if, if Bill can't help you because you're in Washington State or California or someplace else, we can certainly refer somebody to you to somebody who can in your marketplace. But uh, really, I think this is one of those areas that we really want to encourage people to get some help with this planning process. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, guys, thanks for coming. Bill, I appreciate you spending a little time with us. Maybe we'll have some more guests in the future because you did such a good job. All right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Bill. having me. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a great afternoon. You too. Okay. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
Securities and investment advisory services for Kemba Bernatsky offered through Founders Financial Securities, LLC, members FINRA and SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. And for John Williamson, Alexander Capital, LP, members FINRA and SIPC, and a registered investment advisor.